has entered himself in the World Air Guitar Playing Contest at the Whiskey uh, Nightclub on Sunset. Uh, and so I'm going to introduce him. Brock Laurie, take it away. How, how could you not air guitar to that? To that wonderful music. Well, I don't know. You might be slapping the boss. You might be playing the, <laughs> the drums. Boss. You might be lip syncing. There's actually like five or six different options. And that's what we're here to talk about today. Which instrument do you like to airplay the most? Is uh, drums it... on uh, Russia's Tom Sawyer. Good choice. Oh, yeah. I would say drums on any Who song, Led Zeppelin song, and, believe it or not, Pearl Jam. Those are excellent drumming songs. And yeah. you, too. They're very good. All right. We're not here to talk about airplay. We're not uh, going to talk about air no, music and real, the law. Although... <laughs> I could make a connection somehow. <laughs> well, that case, you know, you just had to settle that million-dollar judgment with That's the right. guy who played a faulty air guitar. And, That's right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or I could say, you know, to be a good air guitarist, you have to be very <laughs> passionate about it. And uh, speaking of passion, you've got to be passionate about the law, too. You get the idea. All right. Now, look, today I want to talk, you know, it's so, so funny. I was thinking the other day about how many assumptions people make when not only it comes to the law, but just generally speaking in life. You know, uh, you were talking before about people's assumptions when they think about uh, gun control, for example. The first thing they think about in gun control is, okay, well, we, we, we'll just, they, in their mind's eye, they see the, a bunch of these guns, whether they're assault weapons or whatever they are, whatever, if they're bazookas, and uh, now we're going to get rid of those. I'm not going to allow those people to have it. And, uh, and done. That's it. You're good to go. Yeah, they, they picture the biggest superlative adjective in their mind. Apply right. it to guns and go, well, that thing, that superlative adjective right. must be bad. Big, high power, high caliber, high capacity, right. shoots a lot, kills right. many. And we'll all put it in a big bonfire and uh, melt it away. And uh, and beat them it. into plowshares. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. Which, makes, which reminds me, and I, I, this is just going to sound funny, because, but it's actually very apt. There was a Simpsons episode. On this very subject, it was a Halloween episode, and uh, one of Lisa's uh, wishes, and it was, you know, every, you know, this monkey's paw basically granted any wish the holder of it may have wanted. And uh, after a series of wishes, she finally wishes for world peace. And sure enough, everyone is throwing away all their guns, and you see them all putting into a bonfire or a furnace, and it's all melting away. And world peace is achieved, and you see them all holding hands and singing kumbaya-type songs. And then, of course, the aliens uh, <laughs> right. from, from space come by, and they say, foolish earthlings. Uh, now they are easy to, easy pickings. Yeah. And, of course, now these aliens basically enslave these, these <laughs> right. people. And, uh, and, and they say, uh, and, and Lenny says, oh. Gosh, I wish we saved an A-bomb or two. <laughs> right. And uh, it's just, it was just hilarious. The point is, you, you don't know what's going to come out from left field. Uh, there are so many assumptions that people make, and it's worth asking yourself, what am I not thinking about? What am I getting wrong? And in law, we, we think about, okay, if you were the other side, what would you want? What would you argue? 
and then then you can some then you might have a chance of actually having a decent argument uh, and fighting your way through. But the assumptions when it comes to gun control um, is really palpable. Um, of course, their assumption is that uh, bad guys will also not be able to access those same guns. Well, surprise, surprise. People who are already intent on violating the law will certainly be happy to violate a much lesser law, such as uh, laws uh, of, of not being able to hold a gun. Can we clarify that? Yeah. So let me let me see if I got this. It's very complex. You're saying, because I agree with this, but yes. what you're saying, for, for people out there who may not understand this fully, right. who are in the remedial conservative class, right. okay, who haven't, haven't figured this stuff out yet, what Barack is saying is that someone who's willing to murder you, which, by the way, is currently against the law, yes, I, I still think, may possibly, right. very good chance that they're willing to break a gun law too, on the way to murdering. I, you. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I know it sounds crazy. It, that sounds wild. I know. I really know, break two laws. That's right. I am. Uh, I'm really knocking down perceptions and really opening people's minds. I mean, that's like saying Saddam Hussein might not be intimidated by that strongly worded letter from the UN. Right. Both faced. <laughs> you know. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Large font. Times New Roman. <laughs> that's right. With a lot of exclamation marks. So that's that's exactly right, and you have these assumptions, and uh, so you you can bust through them very quickly. Now here's another assumption that that I think people make. Uh, I mean, pick you know your your issue du jour, abortion, for example. When people talk about abortion should be safe, uh, legal, and rare, right? You know you have this assumption in your mind's eye again. You think of this poor woman who, you know, sadly got knocked up. Uh, because some man uh, wooed her, and uh, next thing you know, she's she's pregnant, and uh, she's stuck in a horrible position, and she can't you know, take care of this baby. Can I give what you? What is a she going to do? What is she going to yeah, do? Can... What, that's your vision, yeah. right? Well, I have, when I hear safe, legal, rare, and I'm picturing the poor woman, she marches into the Planned Parenthood clinic, gets the abortion, and walks out with a brand new pair of Jimmy Choo shoes, a new Chanel dress. That's right. She's just done the Jane Fonda workout, lost 30 pounds, has her hair done, and is just strutting out of there ready to get a great career. Right, right, right. That's what you're picturing when the Democrats sell you the yeah. safely good rare abortion. It's easy peasy, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so you imagine this thing, but the reality is, there's this, there's the assumption, but they never ask questions. I always thought it was very interesting. Nobody wants to drill down on the issue of when uh, an abortion should be not allowed. Right. I mean, as Dennis Prager says, he says, uh, "Is there such a thing as an immoral abortion?" And a, a, a liberal as um, as nuanced as they claim to be, will never uh, address that issue. That's like making the liberal answer the question, well, at what tax rate for the rich is enough? That's right. Uh, you know. That's right. And most they, of them would never think about that. Yeah. They've never thought about that question. They're not into questions, by the way. <laughs> or <laughs> they're answers. Into, they're, they're into big statements <laughs> yeah. and, and, and what we should be doing and, and such. That's, that's a kind of a fun thing. But the abortion thing, so you ask yourself, all right, let's, let's start from the basic. Clearly, it's, it would be wrong with the exception of uh, uh, Peter Singer, uh, who claimed that you can kill uh, a child up to two years old. But that's another story. He's crazy. But clearly, most people would agree that uh, killing a baby just, you know, the day after he's born, that's wrong. Well, let's start even one well, That's wrong, right? Bear with yeah. me. Just, what I was going to start with, with the second it emerges from the mother in killing no, no, it, that's, that's clearly wrong. I'm getting right? there. I'm getting there. Okay. So the, the day that he's now wrapped up and, the, and then the parents just say, you know what? What are we doing? Take it back. We could just take, you know, let's just kill it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, clearly that's wrong. And they should go to jail. 
I, everyone seems to. I think everyone. Death would agree penalty, that. not jail. Death, yeah, death penalty. You know. Got it. Now, now to use your example, uh, I'm going backwards in time now. Yeah. The baby has just come out of the the womb. In fact, uh, just snipped the uh, umbilical cord, and then they say, you know what? Kill it. I don't like his look. I don't like the whole the shtick. I don't like his attitude. <laughs> like he's look. crying all the time. My hormones are out of whack. I'm not ready for this. Yeah, he's got a lot of breastfeed. That's right. I'm not interested. Okay. I was interested. I'm not interested anymore. Yeah. Okay. Kill that baby. Okay, clearly that's wrong. Okay, now it's uh, go back a little bit for, you know, earlier in time. The baby has literally just come out of the, the, the womb. Umbilical cord's still tied. He's barely, he hasn't even cried yet. Yeah. Kill it now. No, obviously not good. All right, now let's go back a little bit further. The baby is, is half out, half in. Okay. Well, they had a crowning. They, yeah, as they he's crowned. Brothers who and uh, and now, yeah. you know, okay, now kill because he's still halfway in me. Okay, no. Right. Okay, that's still illegal. We, I think that's everyone who agrees. Obviously. Right. Okay, now go back. And now his, uh, he's still in the womb, but they're definitely in labor. And he's about to crown. And they say, kill him. He'd still say. Well, what's the difference between... You know, literally the seconds. Well, he between, hasn't been born yet. The liberal would say. What's the difference between the the seconds? The seconds. The, no, it's the same. It's really the same. Yeah. the same thing. So clearly, that would be wrong. And yet, and yet, that would be termed an abortion rather than a murder. Right. That's right. Now, I mean, technically it is, but we all have this gut sense that that should be illegal. Right. Okay. Because it truly is no different than the yeah. hour later that you would have that child. Yeah. Well, quick question. Why was Scott Peterson charged with two murders instead of one? Oh, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Um, so now you go back in time. So now it's not uh, the birth of the, the baby. Now it's a week before. Now, the baby could have been... This is a normal to term baby. And so, as you know, if you have children, I know you've had children... You could have induced the, the labor maybe a week or earlier. Or C-section. C-section. Or you could perform the abortion and the baby may, pray tell, survive. Right. It's now a baby. But in Illinois, you could still kill it, That's thanks exactly to Barack right. Obama. That's right. So clearly we, we both agree that, that it should make no difference. And now you go a week before that and you wonder, okay. And, and you have to, it begs the question, when is that magic day where it's okay to kill it? And you know what? I just I can never figure that out. Well, from liberal logic, I will cede to them mm-hmm. partial of, of argument yeah. in this. It's not all right for me to think this way, and I don't. Mm-hmm. But I can see that they would, if if we put a gun to their head, uh, mm-hmm. the, you know, As a, metaphorically yes. speaking. Paper gun. Um, yeah. <laughs> Paper uh, Potato <laughs> gun. Uh, you could possibly get them to make the uh, argument or agree or stipulate that that demarcation is when the baby can and can't survive outside the mother. Okay, so that's a possible time. Yeah, the liberal may agree. So, so what what it means that at the end of the day is that um, life uh, that, that the life is is meaningful only dependent upon technology allowing it to live viably outside the womb. Yes. So clearly, to there. yeah, to, to, the, to, there. to their so that that cuts against them. Against their arguments, because as technology advances, the so earlier, earlier and earlier, yeah, the earlier we'll be able to uh, take a baby outside, of or the even reimplant that zygote or fetus into another exactly. woman. It's the test tube thing. Some people, uh, you know, so so I don't know what that demarcation is, I, and I don't think you can literally say, and it's not good enough to say, well, it depends on the mother's feelings. Well, okay, if if that if that's the litmus test, then why would um, 
Susan Smith, the, the, the terrible mom who, you know... T- or Andrea Yates. Or, yeah. yeah, that's right. And, and that also asks another question. What, how, how is it that we've arrived at this biased world in mm-hmm. which men have no rights as the father? Don't I have any feelings for my child? Okay, I know I might have made a mistake having sex with that girl. Right. But that doesn't mean I hate that child or don't want right. that child to live, even if I have to break up with her. And, right, right. You know, it's a, it's a very fascinating, uh, it's supposedly a complex issue, but it's really not a complex issue. The reality is that we live in a me, me, me world, and because we live in a me, me, me world, uh, the, the law has shape-shifted along with it. And so, really, abortion is a very selfish act. It, it truly is. You can say to yourself, uh, till the cows come home, that you don't want to be saddled with the stigma or the burden of having a child, to use uh, Obama's uh, words. Um, but... In oh, reality, there's no stigma to killing your own child? No, not at all. <laughs> you know, no, there's, no. there's no consequence to standing before God at the pearly gates right. and being asked, well, why did you murder your own seed? Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you have to explain that to God. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know that, uh, that one can. So uh, bear with me on this. I, I think that the, the assumption, going back to the whole assumption issue, people have this vision that when it's abortion, they, 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 they conveniently uh, numb their brain their assumptions about what abortion looks like. They see a woman that's really struggling and she's really tough and she's got herself in a horrible situation and it's a mean boyfriend who's abandoned her and... Uh, or now, raped her. Raped her, exactly right. Given her a black right. eye. A right. second one because she didn't do... He right. had to tell her twice or whatever the that's exactly stereotype right. of the Ozark's life is. That's right. And the reality is it almost never happens that way. Um, and... 99.8% of uh, abortions are uh, matters of convenience. And occur in the Upper West Side of New York That's among right. women who are making more than 250000 y- right. a year. Right. You know. Uh, and then they say it should be rare, safe, and legal. Uh, sorry, safe, legal, and rare. It ain't going to be rare, my friend. Uh, especially if you make it free. So uh, it's nice that they talk about this, uh, in, you know, kind of make it open up. But they're taking away the stigma associated with it. And there should be a stigma. But we're not getting into the, to the issue of abortion. I simply want to talk about the assumptions. And people just don't ask themselves these questions. Okay, so another area of law. Affirmative uh, action. Affirmative action, so many assumptions. The assumption there always is <clears throat> um, certain groups of people need a leg up. And uh, because of uh, the societal pressures... Uh, and and the historical racism. Historical racism yeah. and present racism. Right. They deserve this leg up, and by golly, we're going to do it by making it easier for them to get into this or that college and to have this or that job. Okay. Um, then the reality hits, and you look around, and the people who are actually getting into it, like my former roommate at Stanford, he had gotten in uh, applying as a Native American. Okay. He was 1 164th or whatever the, the ratio is. Uh, literally, you know, six generations earlier had a Native American in his past. And that's assuming that he's even correct. I don't even know if he did. And uh, he didn't have any sort of uh, poor upbringing or anything else. He actually lived in a very wealthy area in his hometown in, in Montana. What do you say about that? I, I know a situation where there's this guy, okay? White, blonde hair, blue-eyed guy, right? Mm-hmm. His mother and father divorce. His mother remarries a black guy right. who happens to be a successful, like, uh, entertainment industry Melanie Natasha? kind of uh, person. Wait, wait, hold on. Oh. Melanie Natasha? So the, his mother remarries a black guy uh-huh. who's a successful, wealthy 
you know, entertainment industry guy, like music producer or right, something, right. lives in Bel Air. He then gets into college right. saying he's part black. Oh, come on. That's, that's very funny. That's not real, is it? Yes. Oh, come on. Yeah. I don't believe that for a second. Yeah, remember this one from high school. That's bizarre. Right. Oh, right. Well. Exactly. Okay, that's got to be on the fringes. But on the other hand. Well, of course it's on the fringes, but that's what this policy is for. Well, that's almost like say, almost like the guy who... Who, who's white, who comes from South Africa, the country South Africa. Right, he's African-American. And claims that he's African-American. Yeah. And it's perfectly legitimate to say that. Yeah, there's another girl Especially I know. Especially if his family's been there for generations. I mean, there, there is such a thing as uh, white South Africans who've been there for, you know, four or five generations. Right. And uh, then there's another situation, a girl I know, Sephardic Jewish, right. from Morocco, came to America when she was three years old, legally qualifies African-American. That's wild. Her skin is, you know, light colored, you know, right, right. you know, doesn't look black at all. Yeah. She, in fact, and her situation is even funnier because she didn't want to classify herself as African-American. And the college admission people made her. Right. Well, you're from Morocco. You have to be African-American. Oh, that's funny. Uh, but why? You know. The, the, the assumptions are pretty wild. Uh, and those assumptions basically suggest that, uh, uh, that only... Um, the, the affirmative action works and really helps everyone uh, and it ha- helps only those people that actually need it. Uh, in fact, the reverse is true. The affirmative action has become a, a, a big business. And at the end of the day, very few people uh, who really need it get it. Um, it's, a, it's a goodie. It's a handout from the government in reality. It's a very valuable handout when you think about it. And so those people who, um, who have a lot of money and who fit within the right category, they get avail themselves of it, and um, and and basically squeeze out other people associated with it. It's not healthy, um, and of course, what's even more unhealthy about it is that people are allowed in on lower standards, um, and they they get labeled with a uh, scarlet letter, a scarlet A, literally for affirmative action, I suppose. Right, the stigma the person who got the abortion should have, they're now getting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right, and it's a stigma they shouldn't be entitled. It shouldn't have. I mean, it, it's what what a worse what worse can can you have when you're when you're black, Native American, Eskimo, Hispanic, whatever it might be. People are questioning. Oh, did yeah. you really? Are you really good at this? That's right. Are, are you? You know, and you're a doctor. Let's say you're a black doctor, and you know you're fan friggin' fantastic, uh, and you work really hard. And not only that, but you're a cum laude at uh, your your the appropriate uh, medical school. And uh, you know now everyone's looking at you and say, oh, okay, well, yeah, great, you're a doctor, and great, you have this nice diploma, but it doesn't mean very much to me. I just thought the best legal case for your company to take out contingency, all right? For this. Contingency, all right. Okay, contingency. Yes, like, yes. Because we all know you do a lot of those, so I'm just kidding. Um, sue the NBA for not having the required quota of Jewish players under five foot six. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> under five foot six. Because <laughs> imagine how crappy the product would be if they <clears throat> had to accommodate that. Requirements, and I also think about, and this is analogous to what you're saying. Imagine how many perfectly adequately skilled players would be squeezed out and not right. have jobs if they had to do such a ridiculous, it's ridiculous. accommodation. Uh, you know that the notion that we've got into society is that everyone has to have the same job, or no, everyone has to be able to get the job that they want. That's like saying, you, you know, and you choose your example. Uh, you know, if I'm a five foot four. Um, uh, you know, scrawny young guy, uh, and I expect to play football. 
It just it ain't gonna happen. Or, or or basketball. Or if you weigh three hundred and fifty pounds, you expect to be a jockey. A jockey. It's yeah. not gonna happen. And it's not gonna happen. <laughs> and uh, and nor should it happen. Nor do we want. I mean, that's just the way it is. And uh, sports athletes understand this, and uh, people who manage and people who want to win understand this as well. And no one is, um, you know, five foot four, uh, scrawny men don't get upset that they can't make the basketball team. They understand why they can't make the basketball team. They play at their gym and we, pretend, we, you know. But, but we have we live in a funny society where, for, when it comes to work, everyone is entitled to have whatever job they they want. Uh, so if they want to be a doctor, well then, by golly, you have to give them the keys to the kingdom to be a doctor. Same thing with a lawyer. Same thing with whatever it is to be a CEO. Um, you, you know, it's automatic now, or not quite automatic, but it's expected, and you have to have so many people. No, um, and and likewise, even more significantly in college, everyone has to be able to go to college. Okay. Why? Why does because that have to be the case? Because it's their right. Yeah. It's their right. Right. Well, you know what? Yeah. They can. They can. There. There should be different colleges with different, you know, selectivity. That's fine, uh, and different prices for that matter. But that's another story. Um, and uh, a college, uh, college A should be able to say, "Look, uh, we are so selective, and we got so many great faculty, and we got such a great reputation. We only want the very finest. No exceptions. Thank you very much. And we charge for it. Yeah." And yeah. you're going to be in a very powerful group of people. We want not only people with 4.5 uh, GPAs and twin 800s SATs, but also people who are also present in their classes and so on like that. Yeah, play symphonic piano, yes. speak Russian. Yeah, you know. and they can do it all. Yeah, they we want Condoleezza all. Rice, right. nothing less. Exactly right. Yeah. And, and whatever, uh, whatever the background is, well, and that just, uh, you know, in terms of the skin color, it shouldn't matter at all. It shouldn't. Um, and it is what it is. And then, you know, but the last message you want to send to anybody is that, because of your skin color, you deserve a leg up. That's just, it's just not... Well, as a country, as a society, we should reward greatness. It, why is it only professional sports right. rewards merit purely anymore? That's right. What, what, what's sports. happened to our, our, our attitudes in our society about ourselves? Is our self-esteem so corrupt that, that well, not we only that, but don't yeah, to wanna, Yeah, to emphasize your point, uh, even in sports, in the sporting world, now in the younger ages, of course, uh, they're not even allowing kids to uh, to have um, scoring, yeah. And both teams always uh, have a tie, right? They're like, no, I mean that's this, it's it's insane. And, and a inane, home run is just time. as good as an out. That's right, <laughs> right? Oh my gosh, it's just ridiculous. Um, so these are these are assumptions when it comes to affirmative action. Uh, another assumption that people make on another issue is uh, taxation, right? I mean that's one of the biggest assumptions. If you if you uh, tax people more, well then they'll do the same amount of work. They'll just have to pay more. Well, that's one. And then the other big one is the rich are never paying their fair share. That's right. They just uh, I don't care if they're paying 100% of their, their whatever it is, their right. net worth and income. It's not enough. Right. You know? And they'll, they'll never answer. Right. Just like the, the original question about when does it turn from birth control uh, method to, to murder. Right. On abortion. Right. Um. It'll never, it'll never get answered, and uh, they, they'll never be able to assess it. And they, they don't, they don't want to think about it because it's much more easy for them to say, just tax more, no big deal. And and they always say it's just three percent more. It's yeah, I'm rich, deal. I can afford it. That's right. Uh, I'm willing to. You can. And, and and when people tell me, or you, or anybody else, you can afford it. Really? How do you know that? How yeah. do you know that? How do you know it's not breaking my bank? 
How do you know my my expenses are, and how yeah. many? How do you know my wife and children are not going to have what I want, and they want to have for the kind of life we want right. to live? Yeah. Do, are you telling me I, I can't now send my kids to private school because because now now I, it might be the difference? Yeah. You know, maybe I'm just floating, or uh, what's the expression? Skimming, um, well, treading water. Well, here here's what the funniest thing. I once met this guy, um, who was an extremely wealthy guy. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, we meet them occasionally here in Los Angeles. Right. He was so wealthy, he was um, part of like the DuPont clan, you know, of old money, those kind of people. And he uh, was not a silver spoon, the mouth kind of person. This guy, you know, was self-made himself, but he had the perspective of being part of an old money clan as well. And he said something to me, I heard it in my 20s, that kind of stuck. He said, a basic rule of humanity with regard to income level is inevitably most people spend 10% more than they earn on average right. because of unforeseen events, uh, indulgences, uh, circumstances. You know, It just happens. Right. So when you see rich people, people mm-hmm. you think are just styling in their crib and right, right. in their you know, stylish Maserati or whatever, a lot of them don't have a ton of money. A lot of them are living on those margins. That's right. And... Uh, or have had, you know, another assumption is that bad things don't happen to rich people either. Right. And they oh, do. Yeah, yeah money always, uh, always can make you happy. That's not true. Yeah, as many poor people <clears throat> as becoming rich in the world, there, there's an equal number of rich people becoming poor all the time. There's, um, and then, then the assumption, kind of within the assumption, is that you tax people over $250,000. To them, $250,000 is always the same as $250,000. Not so. What do I mean? I mean, you can... You can inherit two hundred fifty thousand dollars, or you can you can work only a little bit and make two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and you you know by doing a very little little bit like maybe you you invest in a certain company or you boom. sell one house and you're in the real estate business right and then choose not to work the rest yeah. of the year that's two hundred fifty thousand dollars or you can work uh, you know on your laundromat laundromat business take a huge amount of risk and also work from eight a.m. in the morning to nine o'clock in the evening uh, with maybe half a day uh, a break the entire week, and then you make two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Uh, and the liberals will say, well, we should tax them all the same. But but should we? Is that right? Shouldn't it be, if you're going to do that, shouldn't we actually do things on a case-by-case basis? Of course, we can't because it would be an incredible floodgate of, of horrible, uh, of just too much detail and administration. But nevertheless, it's inherently unfair to make those all equal. They're completely different. Inheriting it, selling a stock like you, or selling real estate like you said, or... Um, Making one smart move in the real estate market. Yeah, well, I wasn't talking about yeah. real estate capital gains, like a profit. Doesn't I meant, matter. I meant an actual income yeah. of a realtor earning their commission on a transaction. No, good point. Where good it's point. not fifteen percent; it's forty percent. Right. Taxation. That that's right. So, um, and and that's two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Just, I mean, all these examples that we're saying are it's different kind of money. And assumes many different things, and uh, that's the problem with with assuming again. Well, I think the basic problem that we're coming to, shining light on, is this. The liberal people are not looking at tax policy to fund the necessary mechanisms of government. They're looking at imposing 
taxes as penalties and incentives and rewards and carrots and sticks, essentially, to behaviors they either approve or don't approve of. Right. Rather than looking at society as a holistic organism that has a necessary evil called government that must be funded through necessary evils called taxes, or not necessarily evils, necessary uncomfortabilities right. to people. And instead, they look at these as, as punitive measures to, to punish those they don't like or reward those who they do. That's right. And, and that's what's so unfair. That's greedy. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a manipulative in many ways. Look, another assumption area. <clears throat> um, I mean, you, you pick your, your favorite issue du jour, like I said. But unions, right? The, the, you, know, you see all these people in the... Uh, in in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, and everything else that you saw before with the Walker and such, and these are unions, and they 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 take over the the capital, and they say these frankly nasty things, but they think they're doing great work. Nasty, murderous threats. You you type that in a letter to someone, right? And, no, it's, it's terrible. Know? It's terrible. <laughs> but what, but but they they think in their heart of hearts that they are protecting the little little guy. Yeah, and um. And that's okay if they want to think that, but the reality is, uh, you know, the, the assumption is again that the government is not doing the right the right thing by their the union workers, and they're not honoring their pensions and their contracts. Um, never you you can you can scream till your face is blue, but the reality is, uh, unions are by by and large very corrupt. Uh, they don't really take care of uh, the business that's supposed to end up feeding them, and in turn that is going to feed the employees. Well, in the case of GM and Hostess, the union parasite has killed the host. That's right. That they, they never, on. Yeah, they never ask whether unions are actually good for um, the employee actually in the long run or, for that matter, the company. They never ask the question, <clears throat> might it be better if you don't have a union at all? Uh, these are uh, questions that that uh, don't get asked. And I think that's the one thing that, that kind of lies throughout the entire argument that we've had all these issues that we talked about assumptions are made when people don't ask questions like is this the right thing am i have i not some have i not thought something through yeah. with regard to this issue yeah well a, a great assumption <clears throat> that i love to to discuss uh is the assumption of what is a right yeah and you know since we're conservatives and we both believe in God, right we understand rights can only come from God, they can't come from other places like people or you know the earth or anything like that. They just straight up come from god and if if something comes from other people's labor, like right. health care, education <coughs> uh a job right um food. Those things cannot be rights because someone else would then be a slave to provide it for you. Right. You cannot have a right that depletes someone else of their treasure or labor or time. Right. It is impossible. And so although someone needs food and water like they need oxygen, you don't have a right to it unless uh, you don't have a right to it at all. The only thing you can do is find a way to provide it for yourself. That's right. That's exactly right. Um, I, I am so struck by the assumptions, and um, and as I say sometimes to my own clients, I say I, I hear them talking, and they say certain things, and I say, oh, okay, let me let me bust through your assumptions for a second, because sometimes I have to do that for clients to really understand why we need to do what we need to do. Um, and and too often, uh, for example, a client will assume that uh, <clears throat> that it's okay to. Um, 
to, to have a settlement discussion revealed to the judge. And that's, that, that's an important thing somehow for them. And they, they think that it'll make them look good. I try to tell them that that's not a fair assumption. And I explain the law on that. Uh, so we see that in, in, the, in the legal field all the time. What I don't see is uh, people really thinking things through, not the way they used to. Why are things the way they are? Can they be different? We talked about this the other week when um, we were talking about like the assumption about the cars on the street, that freeways should always be free, uh, or highways or roads should always be free. Why? Why should we make that assumption? Um, that, that is an assumption, and that, that no one ever thinks beyond that, saying, how could this be different? What if we had a different world? Yeah, I remember my parents talking. They both went to UCLA, and they would say to me as a kid back when they were liberal, they said, oh, I remember when going to UC schools was free. Well, right. it wasn't. They assumed it was because they didn't feel the, the, the allocation of tax money that went to it. Right. Their parents just paid a tax bill, right. property taxes, uh, sales taxes, income tax, et cetera. And, oh, it's just taxes. They didn't feel. Uh, you know, I, I sometimes think one way to really clarify this kind of stuff to people would be if they had to write their tax bill out to the different departments <clears> of the government. <throat> this is your Social Security tax bill. This one goes to the Department of Defense. This one goes to the oh, welfare. Right. It, you know, so you suddenly feel, oh, this one goes to the education right. you, you know, system. That, That's true. That would sort of, that would it, change It's that. completely unfeasible to do. I'm not right, right. suggesting. But that would be a way of busting the assumption that right. such and such is free. Right. It's a thought experiment, and I think that uh, makes a lot of sense. Likewise, if uh, people didn't uh, have their uh, their taxes automatically deducted from their pay- their paychecks, right, they would. And you know, this is a actually had to write a check. Actually, write a check every week. Yeah. To the government, they would say this really sucks. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and or for that matter, just you know, you know, uh, have to write higher taxes, and instead of getting even one check to the government because they're used to getting a refund and they think they're getting free money somehow, really an amazing thing. Look, uh, that's what I wanted to talk about today, and I thought it was an uh, interesting topic uh, we've been talking about ourselves, you and I, and uh, I think that wraps it about up. Yeah, well, it, it brings to mind one thing <clears throat> I'd like to add to this discussion. Yes. That's what I do. I add things. You add things. Is Ronald Reagan, in a great speech, said, these things are, are not easy, but they are simple. Right. It's, so often, the assumption is that it's some complex problem that's beguiling it. No, these things are so simple. It's two plus two equals four, kind of simple. But people have become so clouded by the complexity and uh, stimul- stimulative overload of information that comes at them from life, they've lost sight of the simplest truths. They really and have. that's where these assumptions get, get <clears throat> you know, perpetrated. You know, per, well, perpetually per, perpetuated mm-hmm. uh, for years at a time without any analysis. Yeah, no analysis at all. And um, you know, the, the economy has to be fixed by by very uh, by government, by government, and right. by very intelligent people. You know, it, when you when it really boiled down to um, um, what uh, how the liberals of the Democrats, for that matter, focus on um, the economy, their necessary conclusion is that the economy will be saved when you select and appoint just the right people. Right. The group of benevolent commissars That's who right. did such a good job in the Soviet Union and in yeah, exactly. now it's China. <laughs> you know. You know, but if that's the case then you know, when are when that glorious day when we have people who just know exactly and can feel the market just at the right moment. Right. That but, glorious day. Okay, okay, well then those people presumably will either quit their jobs or die or get sick or whatever it is, uh, or have a scandal. <clears throat> 
and then uh, and then the whole thing falls apart because we've never had that that combination of people who make perfect decisions. Oh, I, I, let never. me make a straw man argument here. Charlie Rose, the days before Obama was immaculated, said, "I can't wait. We're finally going to have the best and brightest. All of his all of his cabinet is from the Ivy Leagues. That's never happened before. This is so exciting. They really know what they're doing." You know, yeah, at cheating on taxes, obviously. Right. Other than that, it's a great <laughs> bizarre story. social policy experiments. You know, people who have no reality, no sense yeah. of reality of business and the way things actually work. Those are the assumptions, my friends. Anyway, great to talk topic today, and uh, we will see you next week after the holiday. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Oh,